listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, leave the instruments at the door. At the top of the hour this hour, getting ready for Vocal Mente. Italian acapella festival Vocalmente is back again for a fourth great year, coming to Fossano from September 6th through 9th. Headlining the festival this year is quite a lineup, including Danish group Poster, U.S. performers Rockapella, Italian artists Voxes, and Czech group Skeddy. This year's festival is under the artistic direction of group Cluster, and for the first time, access to the concerts is free. You can reserve a seat for under five bucks or just show up without charge. Fasana's in the Piedmont region near the French border and is lovely. So get all the info at vocalmente.net and start making plans now. Hello, Acaville fans, and welcome to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, here on Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. So I'm sure all you listeners have heard me talk about my group Mountain Horns multiple times over the past year or so. And finally, it has worked out for me to have a Mountain Horn from that group on the show, it is Logan Griffin. Logan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, John. This yeah. is this is super fun, and it's in case you guys can't tell, maybe you can tell. Sometimes I don't know. Uh, we're doing this like live together, not through Skype. We're both in the yes. same room, which has only happened like four or five times in all of Tacapella history. I think the first episode was like that. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic, and it's it's going to be fun, kind of talking about this today. So Logan, can you tell people a little bit about yourself? and your musical journey, and how you got into acapella. Okay, so um, I am originally from the little town of Elizabeth, Colorado. Uh, so Colorado native, stayed in state, planned to. I began music, playing cello, um, when I was 12, mm-hmm. and I've been doing that, and still doing that. Uh, I'm a student of music education here, and I've been singing for the last four or five years. Um, just did some musical theater and kind of got sucked into it and I I really, really love it. And this year I decided, you know, John kind of came to me and said, well, you know, I have this acapella group. Would you be interested? And I said, well, yeah, sure. But I didn't, you know, here we are. (laughs) I didn't think it would be this great, but here we are. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Mountain Horns was a group that I started at CSU about a year ago. And then it was only five members. And that was pretty much almost like a clone group of my group in undergrad, the Timbermen. And I realized after that semester didn't totally work out. I'm like, no, I should make it big. It should be something that a lot of people can take part in. And Logan, who's both a great cello player and a great baritone, um, I, I talked to him about it and we got a big group of people this year with 13, I mean, including myself, 13 members. So 12 of which were brand new. So Logan was kind of one of the people I was hoping uh, to audition because he's a music education person and he knows his way around the field, essentially. And Logan, as an instrumentalist, I think you offer a really unique perspective on you know choral music, on music making in general, and on acapella. So uh, I'd love to kind of hear what it's been like for you as someone who primarily plays cello. Fun fact, the other main instrumentalist who I've had on this show, who is an acapella group, also played cello. So oh. the two instrumentalists <laughs> I've had are both cello players. Bronwyn Haggerty, that's a shout out for you. Um, <laughs> so Logan, what's it been like as a cello player joining an acapella group? Because obviously orchestra to choir is a unique transition or just a unique dichotomy. But then 
all of that. And now, because this is your first acapella group, are you kind of sang in one in high school? Was that it? Uh, I mean, I there was a short little performance mm-hmm. I did with kind of a, you know, we, we made an acapella group for yeah. the situation, but we never really, you know, had a, a standing yeah. acapella group. So this is the first time I've, I've done that. So talking about moving mm-hmm. from orchestra to choir yeah. and acapella, orchestra was always just, I, I loved, the first time I saw someone play cello, I think I was in like second grade. It was my music teacher. She was playing with the high schoolers, and that was back when I went to school in Castle Rock. But she brought us back to the room and kind of just showed us it and played. I think it was some Bach. And I was like, that. I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did I know how hard it would be? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a wonderful journey, and it's, it's um, really amazing. But kind of the way that I got into it was I was playing pit. Uh, freshman year of high school mm-hmm. for um, Oklahoma mm-hmm. and playing pit was amazing but they they needed more guys as most <laughs> as is as, a common yeah, problem a in musical theater so they said you know why don't you join us and fell in love with singing I had I had sung a lot as a kid but not you know in in that kind of formal educational or scholastic setting exactly yeah and um I mean, it just, it, it happened. And what was really cool is I got to do it with one of my friends from the orchestra who played mm-hmm. bass at the time. And what's, what's really funny is he ended up being a tenor and I ended up being a bass, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It's a switch yeah. switcheroo, but, uh, all the experience that we had in orchestra actually helped us a lot. I mean, we, we panicked a little bit the first few times we had as to blend you do, in as vowels. You do, when you first start singing, it's a very personal instrument. So it can be very much like, oh my God, am I, am I like flawed? Is my voice like wrong? It's, yeah. it's, it's scary. It's scary when you first start. Yeah. But uh, it's, I, I mean, the more music I do, and, and right now I'm actually in a brass techniques class, so mm-hmm. I just finished trombone, and now we're moving on to French horn. And Trombone like, was actually my first instrument before I started singing. Fun fact. Really? It's a little trip down instrument memory lane today. Trombone's tough. It's harder to tune than any string instrument, and that's scary. But <laughs> it's, it's tough. But uh, it's it's so much of it crosses over. Mm-hmm. So much of it is the same. But. So that's and that's kind of what I'm curious about. You've learned how to you know cello very well. You started singing. What's it been like with those experiences under your belt coming in to an acapella group for the first time this year? Because obviously the repertoire, the kind of musical idioms and the techniques, all are are not drastically different, but they're in a different style than a choral ensemble and vastly different than an orchestra, obviously. Yeah, it's it's been really nice because, I mean, my general experience with choir has just been that there's a lot more just artistry kind of at the really? face of it. More, I mean, we, we try to get some, but sometimes it's just like, well, Beethoven, Brahms, Bach, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with choir, you when you sing, you really get a chance to like touch the music and hold the music maybe in a different way. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think that's not a un, un- unique, I think that's a perspective. A lot of people share in the sense of not that orchestra is by any means lesser, but this idea that because it's your personal instrument that you're making sound with sometimes through that, you have a different connection to the music. And some people feel it's a little closer. I know for me as someone who played trombone and loved it, uh, singing for me felt more like, oh, this is, I think, more my kind of thing. And that's not the same for everybody. But I think your point about how you interact with music is something very intrinsic uh, to the voice and how that comes through in choir and acapella. Yeah. And and I mean, the thing is, so acapella, you know, moving mm-hmm. from now choir to acapella, acapella yeah. is even an extra step in that direction. Yeah. So, I mean, really no music is off limits, no styles, no... Nothing is. Yeah, I mean, we did a big uh, variety of, of stuff, especially our first semester. Yeah. And I talked about that on a recent episode. We did a folk song from Game of Thrones. We did an original acapella tune, a doo-wop tune. 
um, an indie ballad with For Emma, and then we also did, oh, what am I forgetting? Um, oh, and then um, a song called Interlude One by Alt-J, which is just an alternative, like, kind of choir piece. So these are all genres that uh, it sounds like you probably hadn't had the chance to kind of get your fingers in beforehand. Would that be right? Yeah. Well, not certainly not in a performance stance. So yeah. that was just, that's, that was really cool. And then, I mean, we recently went to a competition. Mm-hmm. Well, a competition. Like, at, more like festival kind of thing. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Acapella. Acapella down at DU mm-hmm. um, in Denver. And just seeing what other groups were doing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anything and everything. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a wide variety showcase there. So uh, I think kind of what I'm curious about is how has it been, um, and you, you again touched on this in regards to choir, How what has it been like using your voice in an ensemble as opposed to an instrument and especially in this specific kind of ensemble? Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, the first things that struck me when I started singing, I was like, oh no, there's no stand or music to hide behind. And that's, I mean, and that was kind of scary. And I'm, I'm glad that I spent so much time in my first, you know, vocal experiences mm-hmm. learning to memorize music because it helped me a lot for yeah. what we do in acapella. Because mm-hmm. something we aim for in collegiate instrumental music is to memorize music so yeah. we can really be a part of it. Singing gets you there, acapella yeah. especially. Yeah, because I think it makes more sense to see a choir holding like, you know, folders then, whereas the kind of cultural nature of acapella is supposed to be this kind of like idea that it's like almost spontaneous or like kind of rock starry. So the idea of holding music, I think detracts from that a little bit. It doesn't, it's not quite as compatible in a, in a, uh, sorry, it's more compatible in a choir setting than with, than in an acapella, contemporary acapella setting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hands-on music, it feels like to me. And then um, another thing that really <laughs> it was a really big difference and still is, is you you can't get your cello sick. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, when you're singing, you're, you're carrying around your instrument with you everywhere you go and it's about taking care of it. And especially in acapella where, and, th- and this can be a tricky topic for some people, there's the idea of vocal health and vocal technique. The idea of like, oh, I mean, there's this very... Um, kind of simple dichotomy that a lot of people subscribe to where it's like classical singing is healthy, pop singing is unhealthy. That's not true. You can sing pop songs with proper vocal technique. It's just not taught that way generally as opposed to something like classical music where you the whole point is that you are singing classical music healthy because that's intrinsic to the style. So, I mean, because you've been sick a few times, I think, or missed one or two in Mountain Horns where it's just like, hey, you're sick. And then you can't really do anything with that. I bet that's a bit of a new kind of frustrating experience almost. Yeah, it. I mean, it definitely can be because it's uh, something else you need to fight. But something that I guess is a little similar is if I'm like physically tired for any reason, it's a little yeah. difficult to be moving, you know, my bow arm. Oh, if I'm okay. playing, oh, I don't know, Shostakovich uh-huh. something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So what would you say has been... Uh, in your, again, your first year in an acapella group, what's been your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest challenge. I think because of the, kind of, we've been talking about the free nature of acapella. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what's really easy about orchestras, you know, you always know kind of what's happening, like how we yeah. rehearse, how we perform things, how we put on concerts. It's very methodical and structured yes. and we've been doing it, you know, for kind of like a century or two, but yeah. But acapella, it's like, Casual. yeah, like, what are we going to do? And so that's all up to you, which is great, but there's it's so def- much. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, and I think that could be said for a lot of student-led groups, but acapella especially, it's very much, I mean, our first performance this year was over 
I drive by it every day in front of like the eye like glasses store in uh, in Old Town, which is our like our downtown where everyone goes. And it was very much a situation where we were down there for um, for those who weren't there. I assume most listeners weren't there. Um, uh, we were down there for the tree lighting ceremony. We we're just checking it out. And the plan was we were going to perform, but it was like, okay, we're not sure where. And I knew that going in. And I was like, and a lot of people were like, John, what are you talking about? We need to know exactly where. And I was like, we'll figure it out. And we ended up just performing across the street in front of that glasses store. And we had a good audience show up. And I think when you just see a bunch of guys all wearing the same t-shirt kind of lining up, you kind of, oh, something's going to happen here. Uh, and then you, they see you pull out the pitch pipe and they realize, okay, this is this is going to be some kind of musical thing. But you can't, like, you couldn't do that with a string quartet. It's not like, hey, let's perform here. Or let's perform here. It's, I mean, if you're in a string quartet and you've, like, kind of done that, um, please let me know. Uh, but I, I, I have a feeling it's much more common in acapella than in instrumental ensembles or even like choral ensembles where it's like, especially if it's part of a school, it's like, we need to be here. We need to be standing exactly like this where again, acapella is more sometimes flying from the seat of your pants and like, okay, let's figure it out and let's go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've had a little experience doing some stuff like that in strings, but I, yeah, I mean, first off, something that sticks out to me that day, that that same day that we mm-hmm. did that, um, it was super, super crowded in downtown it's because this very crowded. Yeah, this tree lighting ceremony, about half the town turns uh, turns up to go to it, mm-hmm. and um, string players. We space is important. <laughs> space yeah. is important, and singing you can be. There's almost no like f- space constraints, and that's really, mm-hmm. really cool. I mean. I'm just a cellist, but bass players, I mean, they're, yeah. I don't know if I can say this on here, but they're screwed. <laughs> no, I think I'm sure they would agree with you in the sense that that's, that's really tricky for them. And of course, you know, we need to have enough space between us, but like, we just found a small, like somewhat open space just on the sidewalk. And that was fine. And I think that says a lot about the culture of acapella, which is very much, and I've talked about this on the show before of kind of not just casual, but about just kind of being uh, individually driven. I woke up one day and was like, I want to start an acapella group. And I got some people together and that's it. I thought, Hey, let's perform. And we went over there and we performed. Our buddy Chris said that his school was holding like an acoustic cafe and said, do we want to go do it? Yeah, let's go do it. It's very much, let's pick up and go. And I think that's intrinsic to how acapella functions. And I think that makes a lot of sense, especially on campus where like, you know, I think a lot of people have the image of the acapella group, like singing to the sororities or in the the campus square or whatnot, these kind of how we kind of moved through these musical spaces is very much sometimes on a whim. And that can be super fun because we can just like, hey, let's have this awesome musical experience just because we want to right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, something something else I was thinking about, um, I mean, in terms of that kind of a performance, uh, temperature uh, performing in the cold as we've oh, had the, yeah <laughs> okay well i'll take some blame for that because i'm always like yeah we got to go perform in the town square and we did started doing a lot of that and it just kept getting colder and colder in the winter and when we had our showcase which we, we performed on the town square stage it was it was just too cold <laughs> it was absolutely too cold and then i thought okay it's gonna warm up in january let's do another like thing it, it was colder and it's just that's i think that's an important thing because acapella can be so casual let's just go do this uh sometimes you have to fight the environment in ways that you don't expect again because you're not sitting there necessarily always planning stuff out i think it's this fun mix of formal casual uh performances that gives acapella the kind of spectrum of experiences both for the audience and for the performers 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. This, this next month, we're at the end of March here, but April mm-hmm. is going to be a really good month for us yeah. and it's time because we've been putting in a lot of work. Thanks to John here. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, that's, and that can sometimes be, I think that's a good transition because sometimes that can be frustrating a little bit in the sense of, especially with acapella groups or student led groups. You know, I didn't set a formal concert date until a little later in the semester because I wanted to make sure okay, how are we doing this? Are we going to be able to get enough pieces together, et cetera, et cetera. And again, that kind of casual nature. Um, there's a lot of, we were, there was a lot of days where we're just sitting in rehearsal, drilling this and trying to get it good. And that's not bad, but sometimes it can be a little like, when are we going to get out there and perform? And it took us a while as it takes every group, because when you're putting a group together, you're trying to find your sound. And I can understand it can sometimes be like, all right, are we just a group that rehearses or are we a group that rehearses for the sake of performing. In this semester, we've done a lot more performing, like Logan said. And I think that week of our concert, we have three performances. We have a Wednesday, Thursday, and a Saturday performance. So we're going to be, I don't want anyone complaining that we're not <laughs> performing enough. And I doubt people will be after that week. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I mean, I was definitely one of the, I mean, I had moments in that because we, we, we took on a lot of music and we mm-hmm. really made sure it was, it was really interesting to see, um, because now that I'm finally, you know, starting to look at more acapella and like mm-hmm. getting into those world, we, we know our stuff and it's yeah. great. And I'm glad that we took all that time now. And now that we're mm-hmm. actually there, I'm like, Oh yes. Yeah. We're kind of, you put in a lot of work, you're enjoying the fruits of your labor. Cause I find it's so easy for groups to just make acapella instead of like do acapella. Maybe that's a strange way of putting it, but people can people can throw together stuff and they can make it sound all right and people can tell it's acapella. But for me, I've seen so many acapella groups get up there and just not have it be in tune. And I've been in those groups, not be in tune, not be tight. And um, for me in this group, I made it pretty clear, like we want to be musically excellent. We want to set a high bar. And because we did that, we like... We hammered that in so strong first semester, it's been a lot easier second semester when we move on to much harder stuff. And I think also our sense of like understanding how the music works and what is required in the process makes a lot more sense. Before it was like, all right, we just got to keep doing these things and doing these things and doing these things. And I'm just throwing it at you. This is a to-do list, which can be tiring. But now people are like, oh yeah, we should do this. And someone's like, oh, hey, we need to get our dynamics here. And now other people are in the process because they understand what is required for a good acapella performance. Yeah. Um, after a rehearsal the other night, I think you said, uh, wow, I mean, wow, we're really clipping through this music. And I was thinking the exact same thing because yeah. we're, we're onto the hardest pieces I think we've done to date. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, there's a few of them and we're actually clipping through them. I think even faster yeah. than where we started at, because yeah. I think, I mean, I've been singing, I think this is what, like my fifth year of singing mm-hmm. and I've never been in a group that's anywhere near this good. And so mm-hmm. now that like all of us know know page. what's happening, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and I think, and that's because we have a pretty solid structure. Of we have two rehearsals a week, one longer than the other, so not every rehearsal feels the same. We can do slightly different things in both of those, plus our sectionals, um, and a lot of that is besides just learning note blend. And now in our second semester, that we kind of understand not just how uh, we individually like relate and engage with this music we understand how each other like how good someone else is at this or how uh how the tenor two sound at this line or how the basses do here and we all kind of have a sense of oh this is our group sound this is the procedure we go through to make excellent music and that means more people are involved more people are invested because it can get you like again kind of tiring if it's just one musical director and a bunch of people uh and i'm just saying do this do this do this 
But now that we have a sense of this is what it leads to, it's a lot easier. More enjoyable too. Yeah. And um in education we we talk about all these theories for how to engage students and, mm-hmm. you know, really make the learning theirs and we we call that one dialogical pedagogy yeah. the idea that um learning and growth should be a dialogue between yeah. all members rather than just you know top down kind of like yeah. i have all the answers you need to work for yeah. me and sometimes that function isn't terrible at the beginning so you kind of said and that's kind of what i did at the beginning like let's just get the like how this works and that was less of me telling you guys this is how you make music because i know all of you can do that and more this is how we're going to kind of set up the procedures of the group in terms of you know you got to be on time this is how you learn your music this is what's expected and since we had a pretty successful first semester doing that second semester i've been able to like pull like like it's been a lot less work for me in the sense of directing because so many people understand the like uh, logistical framework in which we're making that music so now it's like i i mean we had our good buddy tim costello yesterday uh just direct uh part of a piece because we all know how to do that now we all know how to follow someone in the mountain horde setting logan's going to be directing part of a piece on a sunday and it, it's super nice when yeah i understand the necessity sometimes for a single music director um but the goal is in my opinion you don't always want to stay there because that can lead to voices like important musical voices not having their chance to contribute tim was doing stuff last night i was like oh i should have done that like that's a really smart idea to make that eighth note a 16th note there something like that and it gets the group used to different kinds of leaders and different kinds of music making through those leaders instructions yeah um Exactly, exactly. I mean, and what's been really cool watching this happen is um, a lot of the members in our group, including Tim, are freshmen. And so, There's you know, a lot of freshmen. Yeah, they they just got here and, you know, they're still filling it out. I know my freshman year, I just ran around like a chicken with my head cut off. But uh, <laughs> I did that until about my junior year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ends, right? It does? Yes, yeah, it does okay. end. You kind of like, oh, okay, this is how you do school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we've given them really, I mean, a community, those, those guys all hang out all the time now and they are, they're getting, I think a lot more experience than, than they would get otherwise. And that's going to help all of them so much because, um, those that are music majors and, you know, are going into this field Mm -hmm. and those that aren't too, because we have, I mean, uh, some of those singers, gosh, they, they could. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And I think a couple of them are planning to be, uh, I, two or three are planning to be choir directors, which is great. We have a, I mean, we're very fortunate that we have a lot of music majors in the group and those who aren't music majors are very musically savvy and understand how the process works. So it's, it's, it's less about sometimes like, do you know exactly what note you're supposed to be singing right here? Uh, yeah, most of the time, but more about how they can function within the kind of, um, culture and the framework of an acapella group. Um, so I, I think let's uh, take a quick break here, and then we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats.
falls asleep on the job And how can we bear When fools can be kings Don't waste your time or time will waste you Thank you.
and welcome back to Tacapella. I'm Logan Griffin. And I am John Lampus, and you're listening to Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. We've had the pleasure of talking with Logan today, who is a member of the acapella group I Started Mountain Horns, and he is a cello player, and hearing about his experience um, going from cello to choir to acapella and kind of doing all three and what it's like uh, going between them, what are the different kind of idioms and the practices you do in each. Now, Logan, you said something about when we were prepping for this about how singing in acapella has changed a little bit of how basically your acapella experience has affected your orchestra experience. How How is that? Yeah, so I mean... Something that I never really had a uh, concept for before I started singing was anything like blend Mm -hmm. or kind of uh, as I was growing in cello, I was starting to learn all the different ways that we can articulate. You know, there's a million ways you can articulate anything. But um, what's really fascinating is the more that I sing, the more I work on just all the different sounds that the voice can make, the more sounds I can make with my bow. That's so how does that work? Because that sounds crazy, but awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, if. If a lot of it's about feeling, mm-hmm. so the more that I sing, I know how to sing a particular phrase that you know is very light, and I mm-hmm. wanted to have this certain taper. Mm-hmm. And before, I might not have had a very good way to express how I wanted to do that on cello. Mm-hmm. So we talk about um, conception of sound when yeah. you know in music. And it's expanded my ability to conceive of the kind of sounds I want I get make. what you're talking about. And then, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that cello and voice are like two sides of the same coin somehow. I know my old voice teacher told me like, if you want to be a really great singer, you should learn cello. And I was like 15 then. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? That doesn't make <laughs> sense. And But then there are like two graduate students here in the vocal performance program who are both cello performance in undergrad and it's stuff like that it seems like they're in regards to expression and phrasing and all that stuff there is a bit of a dichotomy here and one affects the other uh, both positively in terms of playing cello and in singing and i'd love to learn how to play cello just because it sounds like there's some real benefits to be had here well i i could teach you i'm in all a, right I'm in let's a, stop let's let's <laughs> let's just do it. <laughs> no i i'm in a cello pedagogy course it's actually really cool to learn how to just teach that instrument so specifically mm-hmm. um with faculty there but um i mean a lot of that i feel like comes from the fact that i i've heard before that the cello is closest in timbre to the human voice. I heard that too. Yeah. And I think it's because, first off, the cello's in a kind of tenor, baritone, bassish mm-hmm. range, which yeah. is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the ways that you can strike your vocal cords, um, slowly kind of get them going, the uh-huh. way that you can cut off all of those really carry over into how you can do the same in cello well, that's playing. That's really cool. So... Have you heard, has like your private teacher commented on how great you're doing at cello now that you're in an acapella group? <laughs> uh, I, I can't say that she has, but she has noticed that if I ever have any trouble getting things into tune or phrasing the way that I want to, mm-hmm. we need only sing. And it kind of carries into last night, I was, uh, I had the privilege to play um, a Schubert quartet with my people in chamber music mm-hmm. for the Borromeo quartet. They were there giving a master class. Mm-hmm. And uh, Schubert, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, you gotta know, be expressive. We we played it, and both both of the uh, artists working with us, what they had to say was, "Well, why don't we try singing this?" And yeah. of course, the other three members they they panicked for a second because they're like, <laughs> "Singing what? This is my instrument." <laughs> no, it's it's like you gotta 
That's pretty funny. You got to get hands on, especially <laughs> with Schubert. It did. It did work. We need to probably pursue it a little bit bigger mm -hmm. and expand that comfortability <laughs> or um, comfort level. No, but yeah, that makes that yeah. makes a lot of sense. So, in regards to mountain horns, I asked you what's been the most challenging thing. What would you say? So I'm, I'm guessing that's been a pleasant side effect. Is that the singing has uh, like helped with your orchestral technique? What has been the biggest surprise for you in joining an acapella group? Hmm. Biggest surprise. Mm -hmm. I'd say the biggest surprise for me has mostly just been how many different. I mean, and this kind of comes back to how we talk about in acapella, there are so many different avenues we can take. Yeah. But I feel like I've gotten so many different kinds of musical experiences in kind of mm -hmm. sh short order. Yeah. Um, from, you know, really like the depth of, I guess, depth of beauty that I think a lot of people might be familiar with in choir mm -hmm. um, to kind of the rock out feeling that acapella yeah. is known for yeah. to everything in between. Yeah, I totally agree. Because I think with acapella, I mean, one of our pieces, uh, the Dornishman's Wife, it's kind of a folk song. It's not, I mean, it's not a real folk song because it's from Game of Thrones. Um, but it's, we, we uh, myself and Greg Starr, who's been on the show many times, he and I arranged that um, in like kind of composed parts of it um, with the sense of like folk music idioms in mind. And it's a much more classical sound. It's a lot of humming and kind of big kind of manly choruses. Whereas something like uh, Dark Place, which is a tune that I've played on the station many times before, which is an original acapella tune by my good friend Duncan Toomey, who I also arranged with very much. It's very light and it's actually based off yodeling the melody. Ba -da -doo, doo -doo -doo. It's just like it, where it leaps around. It's based off yodeling. He oh. was learning to yodel, I think, on a high school trip. And he's like, I'm going to write a song about it. He showed it to me one. We were at a Eichenberger choral conducting workshop in the summer. And one summer he showed me, here it is. I think I'm going to write this song based off this. And I was like, that's great. Brings it to me the next summer. Check it out. I finished it and recorded it. And then here we are. Now we've performed it like at least 10 or 15 times this year. Uh, and I think it's super cool that we can just do, okay, we can do Dornishman's where it's the big kind of chorus sound. You could see that arrangement in like a men's choir very easily, I would say. Whereas something like Dark Place or Interlude One also arranged by Duncan, um, they're very, they're putting the voice in these really unique situations where it's like, okay, for this piece, you need to do this. For this piece, you need to play like this. Uh, or you need to sing like this, whatever. And I think it just expands our musical, not just our musical experiences, but through those experiences, our musical vocabulary and how we can use our instruments. I know I've learned a lot about how to fit my voice into certain sounds in choir through acapella. Yeah. Um, yodeling. Wow. Yodeling. Yeah. Do you yodeling, hear it now? That, yeah. I, yeah. I do now. Okay. My mind's a little blown. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I told you guys that. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> no, I don't think you did. Okay. You're going to have to tell the rest of the guys. Yeah, then, I will. That's, okay. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's yes. Yes. <laughs> so Logan, what would you say is your favorite piece we've done this year? Well, so far, there's there's some really great ones that we're working on right now that I think once those are polished up, I mean, mm -hmm. they're just going to wonderful. They're going to be yeah. wonderful. But um, actually, my favorite one is the one that we started the group with. Even we came in and when we were doing our auditions, we yeah. were just sight reading it. So it's kind of been with us since the beginning. But uh, interlude. Yeah. Interlude one by Alt-J. Again, that's arranged by Duncan Toomey. Uh, it's a fun piece it's weird uh we'll yeah. actually play it uh after this it's basically the whole thing is homophonic everyone's singing at the same time and it's pretty clashy and it's just strange in how it uses harmony and vocal lines 
and it just doesn't sound it doesn't sound like a popular music piece it sounds like a, like a choir piece but a really strange choir piece i have no idea what that song's about she uh she 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 always ever walks to count only walks to counter steps 18 18 strides and she stops to abide by the law that she herself has set i don't know what that means if you know what that means let me know i'd appreciate <laughs> it i should probably know what that means um but why would you say that's one of your favorites logan it's well i mean kind of for a lot of the reasons that you pointed out um i mean yeah when 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 we first started with that first piece mm-hmm. and we were working on it i was like what are we doing yeah <laughs> you it's know? strange it it, it kind of i was like is this acapella is this what acapella yeah. is normally like, like <laughs> and that just you know took me for a spin but then once we really had the piece together it sounded good and it still mm-hmm. does yeah. um What's really cool is the beginning of the piece starts in, I think it is a unison, right? It's a fourth. A fourth, okay. Which is also, which is a strange way to start a song, in my opinion, on an open fourth. It uh, it starts with the voices very small, mm-hmm. and it kind of, it sounds very... They contained a little, almost because of the fourth, it's almost a little mechanical, because it's she, 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 she only ever walks to, to count, count her steps. No one sings like that, so it's kind of abstract in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then as, as we go through the piece, it expands out more and more, not only in terms of like how many different parts we have in yeah. the voices, but also just the ranges and the kind of styles we have. And there's a, there's a brief moment in the piece where you get this totally different feeling mm-hmm. that kind of jars you before you have this like really pleasant. Yeah. Part which part are you end. talking about? Um, how does it go? Uh, <laughs> don't let me drown. Is it don't let me drown? Uh, no, it's after the, um, uh, as old dogs everywhere yes um, yes yeah yeah there's a percussive section yeah. and then what comes right after that it's the so that section at never leave it too late mm-hmm. oh my gosh it, it really just it's gets the bright and beautiful the yeah it feels like it's kind of building to that so you talked about how when we started that it didn't seem like acapella or it was like wait what is this why um what were what was that experience like for you trying to learn how to sing this because it's probably different than anything you've sung before uh i mean in terms of like the technical aspects it was fine but what kind of confused me was what's the purpose of this song you know for a fat minute i just that that was very confusing to me and then it also i was wondering if that was the direction of the group and the answer is yes but Mm -hmm. no but yes yeah it's 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 part of the the kind of large expansive diet of music that we that we've engaged with we've gone through and we mentioned the pieces we did last semester this semester we're doing colder weather uh you know country song we're doing rocky mountain high also you know little folk country um we have uh what are the others we have an a version of dock of the bay um by otis redding but we're doing it with a uh female soloist so we're like backing her up we have cough syrup um by uh, what do you call it? Young the Giant. So that's a big rock tune, uh, well with like kind of pop. Justin Bieber's Sorry. So we we the whole point of this was like I wanted to like almost introduce you guys to the weirdest possible thing we were gonna do first, rather than starting and just like working our way kind of back in towards easier and more digestible stuff. Um, which you know don't know if that was the right decision or not, but I think we got a good sense for how to work in different musical uh, genres and different musical styles. 
Yeah, I, I would say that it was definitely the right decision because cool. coming into acapella, I kind of pictured it a little bit, um, I don't know, like... Um, perfect? Yes, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the Justin Bieber sorry was kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. So at first, while I, I, I was confused, I'm really, really glad that that is the direction that we've taken and the direction yeah. we started because it, it built up from the ground is the right way, mm -hmm. I think. And what was also... Um, really really cool about interlude and some of the other pieces that we've done that mm -hmm. are you know like it pieces like that and i feel like more modern music i'm i'm studying music history and learning mm -hmm. all the things <laughs> that music majors do yeah it, it seems that the further you go on in musical history there's a lot of focus and attention paid to the kind of spaces that we create with music yeah like a, like a room made mm -hmm. out of the music and it's a really interesting room, and I haven't really ever had to make anything like that vocally before. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, again, we were just down at the Acapella Festival put on by the University of Denver, and I thought a lot of the groups there did very well, um, but it was definitely kind of a homogenous, uh, like very similar kind of styles, heavy beatbox, uh, you know, popular music, top 40 stuff that kind of blended together for me. Not all of them were... Like oh they're doing that there were a couple of, a couple of those but I think we stood out not necessarily in terms of like we're better than the other groups because I I don't think we were I don't think we were like musically above where some of those great groups especially near the end were but in terms of what we chose to do interlude one and dark place uh, we did no beatboxing that night just because those two tunes don't uh, require beatboxing and I didn't think we needed to but there also are two mo there are two probably our two best songs and getting to showcase them people were definitely like oh this is this is acapella but this is different and I think so much now it's really easy to try and go towards the pitch perfect model or the ICCA model where it's you know again the heavy beatbox the choreography all that stuff none of that stuff's bad but I'm glad we decided to kind of do what we do and do something different um, because that's what we like to do and because that's what we're good at. And I think it made an impact. And I think we will be remembered for those songs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think along with all that, something that I, I know I, when we were there down at DU, I was, as groups were getting up to perform and yeah. doing their pieces, I think after each group, we were kind of looking around at each other, or at least I was, and <laughs> I was noticing kind of some of the jaws agape because, yeah. um, some of the passion that these groups brought, it was mm -hmm. really incredible. And so, I mean, y'all go, whatever you do, do it with passion yeah. because I, some of some of the groups up there, um, were not as prepared as maybe would have been perfect. But mm -hmm. in the end, I thought they killed it because yeah. of the amount of passion and music mm -hmm. is in, you know, foremost and should be from the heart. And so mm -hmm. if you go with that, I don't think you can go wrong. And I think your point about like, how people had like their mouths just like whoa like mouths dropped uh, when yeah. they saw these other groups that was definitely an intentional choice by me to make us go there because i was like all right some people here have not done acapella before or they only have a little bit of it so getting a chance for you guys or someone like you logan who hadn't gone to like you know icca quarterfinals or whatever and seen these kind of performances like be like hey that's what groups do and we can be that good and we can be that cool again we're doing it slightly differently um, just because we're doing the music that we think will create a varied set, but we're still, um, it, it was still a great way to like kind of light a fire under a bunch of us. And I think it has led 
recently to just like i know the first few rehearsals after that just kind of like a surge like everyone's like oh man we got to do longer sectionals and we want to be that good and that was so amazing and it's using uh, the community of music to empower our own music making exactly and unfortunately i think it, as i understand it this is your last season with us here yeah, this is i i graduate in uh well technically i don't graduate till december but i'm doing my student i moved back to oregon in may uh, where I'll be doing my student teaching. Uh, and even if I did student teaching here in Colorado, it, it, it wouldn't work out for me to be in the group because I'm gone all day. I wouldn't be able to go to, we wouldn't be able to perform ever during like daylight, uh, which, <laughs> you know, we want people to see us. I know most of our performances are like late afternoon, evening, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. fortunately this will be my last my last uh, semester with the group, but I've had a great time getting it started this year and you guys are all super prepared going forward, I think. Yeah, um, you've given us such a good base, and and good luck to you. You Thank know, you. going for the student teaching, it's 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 fun, but it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. that's that's what everyone's telling me. Someone was like, "Yeah, student teaching's gonna suck," and I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" And it was like a teacher, and he was kind of joking, but he's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be really hard." And I was like, "I thought it was all like coasting from here," which I know I'm gonna be looking back on this in like a tacapella episode in like nine months from now and being like, "What were you talking about? What are you talking no, about?" No, but you'll do you'll do great in it. But <laughs> Thank you. I, you know. This experience of getting down there and this new energy, I think if, you know, that this, this, this podcast goes out to the acapella people of the world yeah. <laughs> and I we would We have just... a lot of listeners in Brazil and Australia, apparently. Oh. That's, that's pretty neat. Well, well, shout out to everyone in Brazil and Australia. <laughs> yeah. My, I guess my one piece of advice I would give is just get out there. I mean, go see things that you haven't seen yet. Go try things you haven't tried yet. Because mm -hmm. even if it doesn't work, you'll find something. You yeah. always find something no matter what. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, let's take one more quick break. Let's listen to uh, Interlude 1, uh, originally by Alche, arranged by Duncan Toomey. Then we're going to pass the baton over to Amanda Tran for her episode of Notable Coverage. I hear it's a pretty good one this week, though, even though they're all always good. And then we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where vocal music is our forte. She, 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 she only ever walks to to count, count her steps. Eighteen teen strides and she stops to abide by the law that she herself has set. That eighteen steps is one complete set and before the next nine right and nine left. She looks up, up at the blue and whispers to all of the above. Don't let me drown. Don't breathe alone. No kicks, no pangs, no broken bones. Never let me sink. Always feel at home. No sticks, no shanks, and no stones. Never leave it too late. Always enjoy the taste of the great, 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 great world of hearts. As old dogs everywhere bark, 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 bark. It's worth knowing. Like all good fruit, the balance of life is in the right and ruin. Welcome back to Notable Coverage, everyone. Here only on Tacapella. My name is Amanda Tran, and I'm your host. In every episode, I talk about an overly done song in the acapella world, 
And what I do is I basically sit for hours and hours and listen to every single version that I can find and come up with about two or three that I totally love that you should know. Now, there's no way for me to listen to every single one. So if there's a version out there that you think that I should know and should have gotten a shout out, definitely tweet me at Amanda Tran Rocks. That's Amanda Tran, R-O-C-K-S. And I would love to discuss acapella with you because I could talk about it for literally days, maybe years. Um, for episode 12, we'll be diving into new rules by the one and only Dua Lipa. Now, if you know me or if you don't know me, you're about to get to know me, I love British pop. I love Adele. I've been a huge fan and been so inspired by Amy Winehouse. Little Mix gets a shout out. One Direction even. Sam Smith. Dua Lipa is up there with them. I just love me some good British pop. Now when New Rules came out, it was such a feisty in-your-face pop song and I'm so glad that it got radio play because it totally deserves it, and it definitely sounds way different than everything that's out there. The first version we're going to listen to is by a sextet acapella group from Los Angeles, California called Flashback. It's a very straightforward arrangement, yet it's so dynamic. Um, sometimes when arrangements are too overly creative or a little avant-garde, I kind of lose interest because I just get lost. But this one was straightforward. I understood what was happening, but it was still very interesting. It was arranged by the group with Ben Bram, the iconic Ben Bram. So how could you go wrong, right? The first, I got no rules, I count them. When it came in, where each member takes a word had me shook because it was so crisp, so clean. It sounded so cool because each member had a different tone to their voice, but it's blended together so well. And I was just like, wow. That's amazing. I want to hear them do it live. I don't think they have done any live shows yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it because this group is incredible. Um, they also arranged it as a duet, which was awesome because it kept it really interesting, yet it was very skillfully traded off back and forth. A lot of the times when duets happen, they just take turns taking verses or choruses, but this one, they definitely wove each other in throughout the entire song, and it worked so well. So here is flashbacks version of new rules wrote it down and read it out hoping it would save me too many times too many times my love he makes me feel like nobody else nobody else but my love he does love me so i tell myself i tell myself one don't pick up the phone acapella version of new rules we're going to listen to is by the nor'easters this arrangement was done by their iconic alum shams now shams is one of those arrangers that if you hear something that sounds like him it's definitely by him i don't know how he does it but he has this like stamp of artistry that he puts on every single thing that he does and you know it's him which is incredible i can't think of anyone else that can do that besides ben ram and the pentatonics crew so hats off to shams I'm very happy that he is a part of this community and blessing us with his arrangements. 
That being said, um, this was very much a Shams Nor'easter's vibe arrangement. I wasn't like latched on completely all the way when I heard it the first time. Um, but this was definitely a slow burn for me because once you hit halfway ish point of this song it starts to pick up and it starts to get crazy up in there some intense runs i'm a huge fan of runs and crazy riffs what i say is that it is not done till it's overdone and honey tiffany who got the solo on this song she went off let me tell you i was just like floored because she has this really beautiful alto deep rich tone but then she's just like belting her face off at the end like i don't get how she does it please teach me your ways um, that being said, the group always performs with such incredible musicality, such dynamic, such intensity. They always have this like sassiness to them, which I totally love. It's very Nor'easters. Um, and they're just so consistent with their style and their image and the way they present themselves. It's so professional. And I hope to see them live again one day. It would be incredible. Here is New Rules by Nor'easters. Welcome back to Tacapella. Thank you, Amanda, for an awesome episode of Notable Coverage. We've had the pleasure today to talk with Logan Griffin all about his time in Mountain Horns, the group I started here at Colorado State University. Uh, Logan, can you tell everyone where they can get a hold of Mountain Horns if they want to see what we're about? Well, so we have a Facebook page. We do. We do, in fact. So if you look up <laughs> Mountain Horns um, at Colorado State University, you mm-hmm. will be sure to find us. Go and like us. Look at some of our videos, you know, check us out. We're, yeah. we're pretty cool. And then you can also find us on pretty much every social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, and I'm pretty sure Snapchat too, uh, at Mountain Horns. That's how it sounds. M-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-H-O-R-N-S. Uh, so you can find us there and we, um, the group's going to be around for quite a while. We're the only tenor bass uh, ensemble at CSU and I think we're going to be making some cool music and they're going to be making some music for a long time to come. So check us out. If you want to get a hold of me personally, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at John Lampus, J-O-H-N-L-A-M-P-U-S. But more importantly, be sure to check out Acaville Radio where this is airing at Acaville Radio on pretty much every social platform. And that's at A-C-A-V-I-L-L-E-R-A-D-I-O. Again, Logan, thank you so much for coming on this episode just to talk acapella orchestra and everything in between and what your experience has been like in your first year in an acapella group i'm glad you're in the group and it's going to be great going forward with you there so thank you for coming on thank you for having me absolutely dude everyone you've been listening to tacapella and for everything acapella please stay tuned Ooh.
Get on the floor 